All right, and welcome back to another episode of Sky U Pod. We are joined by two of the Sol, Sully podcast, right? Yeah, Sully Scoop. Thank you. Sully Scoop, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Sully Scoop podcast, uh, Husker fan podcast. Um, we're going to do our Minnesota versus Nebraska preview episode. First, why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourself, get your plugs in, um, as I'm sure you guys will have some listens on your episode that you recorded with two of our hosts. So why don't you go ahead and plug your guys' show? Yeah, so I'm T-Cell with the Sully Scoop. Uh, the Sully Scoop is we're uh, three brothers, all born and raised Husker fans. So we just kind of, and we all disagree about everything. We all have a different site. B-Cell's the one drinking all the Kool-Aid. I'm kind of half in. J-Cell's the one kind of dumping it out. So it really just depends. It changes throughout the season. So it's just good fun that we have there. Yeah, I'm Bisol. I'm um, <clears throat> I'm the uh, oldest of the three brothers. Um, you know, like like Tisol said, I'm with the Matt Rule hire. I've probably been the one um, who jumped in headfirst into it. You know, after after a couple disappointing seasons with uh, Scott Frost and even Mike Riley before that. Uh, any any change is good change, and I think Matt Rule's the first uh, coach we've had really since uh, Bo Pelini, who's come in with kind of a proven track record. Yeah, that's that's a great place to start. So you're you're both excited, I assume, about the Matt Rule hire. Um, you know, Nebraska fans, and I mean this mainly as a compliment. You guys get excited online, especially about about everything. Um, everything. <laughs> so so what you know what do you think Matt Rule brings differently than say the Scott Frost hire did, which was obviously you know seen as the home run. I thought it was going to work out too. I really did when you guys hired Scott. Um, didn't go the way you guys. Obviously, we're hoping in comes Matt Rule. What's maybe a thing that you guys have noticed already that maybe stands out of why this could be you know, the home run hire for you guys? So I think the I think the number one thing that jumps out to me, and this isn't a knack against Scott Frost, but I feel like when Scott came in, he really came into an athletic department that really had no identity. Um, you went from, you know, Sean Eichhorst, who hired Mike Riley and was really just there as a stepping stone. And then when they let him go and brought in Bill Moose, Moose was only there to, in theory, right the ship. And so he brought Scott Frost in and then immediately was stepping down. And so you kind of got this like uncertainty in the athletic department. And with Matt Rule coming in, you have a proven athletic director and Trev Alberts who, you know, made tough decisions when he was athletic director at uh, University of Nebraska, Omaha. And so he's a guy who's not shy about making the unpopular decision. He's a guy who trusts his decision making and is going to back it up. And so I think Matt Rule likes the fact that he's coming into um, basically an athletic department that's going to have his back and support him and kind of give him the you know, the ability to do what he wants to do. And they're doing that with revamping the facilities. They just uh, opened up a new locker room there that the kids are all excited about. And I think it's putting Nebraska back on the map, which is something that Matt Rule had talked about in his um, first press conference as head coach. Yeah, for me, I think Beasel kind of went a little too far into it. I mean, all that stuff is is great, yay. But for me, I think it's just simple. It's likability factor. You know, as much as we wanted to like Scott Frost, you just couldn't like him. He, he was just a hard guy to like. He's very arrogant. You know, it's me, me, me. I'm the best in the country. Nobody can touch me. I'm going to make the Big Ten adjust to my game. And guess what? They didn't need to. Matt Rule, he's 
very good with the media. He's going around town and eating at different restaurants and pumping up on social media and taking pictures with families. Scott Frost, you never heard or saw that from him. He he wanted nothing to do with that. So I think that's very important for Matt Rule to do starting off because he's not a Nebraska guy. He's a Penn State boy, so he doesn't have Nebraska ties. But getting the public behind you is the first step because then if you do slip up against Minnesota, like it's not the end of the world, you know, and we start to realize that, you know? Yeah. No, I was, I was partially sad when you guys hired him just because I've always liked Matt rule. I liked, well, I didn't, I didn't follow him at temple, but I liked what he did at Baylor. Obviously I was rooting for him in the NFL and then I, I think it's a good hire, but you know, I was wrong last time too. What do I know? But um, <laughs> let's, let's stay with rule one more second here. He's friends with PJ Fleck. How does that, how do you guys feel about that fact? Does that make you question the hire at all? Or are you guys okay with that? I don't think it, I don't think it makes me question the hire at all. I think PJ Flex kind of uh, proven the fact that he, he can win. Um, can he take it to the next level um, and kind of get over the hump of nine games? That remains to be seen. I think he's got, you know, the foundation built. And I think that's one of the reasons that the two of them get along is Matt Rule's going to come in and put a foundation in place. And so it hopefully that, you know, takes Nebraska back to, I, I'd kill to be back to nine wins a season. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate, I wasn't fishing for flat compliments, but I, I appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate that as gopher fan. Um, what do we got now? Sam, what do we got next? Well, I'm just kind of curious to hear from you guys is uh, what you guys uh, think like or would consider a successful season. Like what what does it take for you to be like, all right, like not necessarily like blow blow out the water, but enough where you're like, all right, I'm satisfied. This is what I want to see out of Matt Rule's first season. Remember, it's his first season. He still has different recruits coming in. He's changing the system. Like what? So with all that in place, what would you consider? What kind of a record? I'll take this one, I guess. Um, For me, a successful season looking at the season like you want to say bulls you just make a bowl game but if they go six and six bare minimum and make a bowl game i am going to be disappointed with that so i i think i want at least eight wins and when you look at their schedule it's totally doable i mean if you're going to be a good coach can come in and win right away it's not like nebraska has no talent on the roster they've recruited well the last couple years they just haven't put fourth into coaching for plays or on the field or you know whatever the the you know the miss is there but for me looking at the schedule you should be able to pull out eight wins i mean colorado northern illinois louisiana tech northwestern should be no brainers that's four there so you got to be able to beat the teams in your conference to compete like we're not saying go out there and beat michigan or you know beat wisconsin for the first time in 10 years that's not what we're saying but you should be able to pull out eight wins on this schedule that they have this assuming yeah. goals are one of those wins <laughs> <laughs> and and i think we'll be able to tell a lot after you know week one playing minnesota i think that's a kind of a reality check to start the season um i'm probably a little harder of a critic here in what i view a successful season as um this is the this is the best schedule nebraska's had in the big 10 um coming into it that it's it's a very um very doable schedule, uh, winnable schedule that if the team can put it together, they should be able to come out here and compete for a Big Ten um, West title and make it to Indy. I think the West is up for grabs. I don't know that there's anybody who's hands down a favorite. Um, 
I know a lot of people are picking Wisconsin right now. And I think the hard part is, is Nebraska is now becoming a run first team again. And Wisconsin's turning around and trying to do a lot of spread off and stuff. And speaking from experience, we know how that's going to work and it's not great. So I think Wisconsin's going to have a little bit of a reality check there. Um, but the one thing that'll help Nebraska the most here in having a successful season is going to have a head coach who knows how to make halftime adjustments. And that's that's the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to with Matt Rule is hopefully, I mean, he's put together a really good staff this year and hopefully they just, they know how to make halftime adjustments. That's all I can ask for. Yeah, Fair. completely agree on uh, Wisconsin getting way too much hype, by the way. Some minor, minor part about the Gophers here, the same announcers media personality that love wisconsin's overhaul on offense and all the new pieces that they've brought in are also then turning around and questioning the gophers supposedly like new identity might be throwing it maybe half the time this year maybe we'll see <laughs> but like hmm. and then like now that's the one we got a question and not wisconsin who's just bringing in players from all over the country and just sticking them together and just rolling them out there the first year they might be good but i just find it funny Certain certain programs just get you know they just get leeway with with that preseason doubt, but yes, yeah. I am still I I think Fickle's a good coach. I am still worried about Wisconsin. I don't think that worry is this season. Well, I think they're good, but I'm just I'm not ready to hand them the West. Like, Whoa, yeah, yeah. Favorite, <laughs> no, favorite, no, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, but it's yeah. everybody's picking between Wisconsin and Iowa, and let's face it, I mean, it does Cade McNamara come in and really open up Brian Ferentz's offense? No. I, I think it's basically, it's another Petrus. It's a guy who's going to get five attempts to throw the ball, and does he turn the ball over? That's what it's yeah, going to come down to. I, I think I probably view him a little bit better than Petrus, um, but I, I agree. He is he is more of a, you know, Michigan used him as a game manager. So yes. the problem with Iowa is that defense is so good, you don't need a whole lot from the offensive side of the football. But as far as winning the West goes, um, but yeah, you know, who knows what Brian Ferentz can do to surprise us all, even with the <laughs> influx of talent he's brought in this. Um, I do want to ask you guys, because you guys brought in a new quarterback, Jeff Sims, I believe is his name, out of Georgia Tech. It's probably just because of Georgia Tech's old style of play that they had. Uh, they used to run the triple option. So I just view him as a runner already to begin with when I hear Georgia Tech transfer quarterback. What what should we expect as Gopher fans seeing Jeff Sims out there? on the field uh, Thursday. So there's a couple things here on um, on Jeff Sims coming in. And I think this is a match made in heaven, honestly. Um, when he was first coming out of high school, he actually was Matt Rule's top target as a quarterback. And then Rule took the Carolina job and Sims ended up at Georgia Tech. So that's kind of where it, it kind of all, the dominoes fell right and he came to Nebraska now. Um, when you see, I mean, even some of these, and I know I feel like Colorado now saying, oh, if you look at the film from the practice field, it, hmm. I hate saying that, but Sims has a couple, you know, really nice deep balls that he's thrown. And he's doing this with a lot of the uh, younger receivers right now, especially with uh, like Marcus Washington being banged up and really not going to be available for this Minnesota game. But he seems to not be a horrible passer. And he, bringing in a guy who's a little bit more of a dual threat and probably a more accurate passer than we've had in the past. I'm, I'm hoping that it bodes well for success. Yeah. The, the thing with Jeff Sims, he's just a very athletic quarterback. Like the game film that, you know, you've seen of highlights of him at Georgia tech is like, 
he outruns everybody on the defense when he has like that little bit of hole, which Nebraska is used to, because that's the way that Taylor Martinez was. And Adrian Martinez was a little bit slower than him, but he could still do it if he needed to. Um, but Jeff Sims, he's supposed to be able to throw the deep ball. And that's what Nebraska couldn't do last year with Casey Thompson. But Casey Thompson was a very accurate quarterback, so he could beat you all day long in the middle of the field if you gave him time. And that was Nebraska's issue. They didn't give him time. So that's kind of where it is with Jeff Sims is how accurate is he going to be on the short to mid game? And is he going to be able to take the hits or, you know, dodge a couple of sackers because our offensive line hasn't been great in the past couple of years. Gut feeling, because I know it's tough to make these calls preseason because uh, if I'm assuming Nebraska's all like Minnesota, they don't show you much at all or give you much of anything preseason to, you know, I know the media could go to like three or four practices, but even then I think they're running the same, you know, running the same plays over and over and like, yeah, we scythe and complete some defaults, but you don't learn a lot. Just gut feeling how do you feel about the offensive line that you're heading? Is it your guys' biggest question mark on offense? Most definitely. <laughs> See, T-Sol, I I would say you you know what you're going to get from the offensive line. <laughs> you're going to get you're going to get three seconds before there's pressure in his face. I think the biggest question mark is the tight end position, um, especially if um, Gilbert finally gets that transfer waiver. Um, really, Nebraska could have one of the best tight end um, in theory if they stay stay healthy. One of the best tight end rooms in the country there. Uh, but like Thomas Fedone, I mean, God bless the kid. He's on his third year in school here and hasn't seen the field once because of two knee injuries. So, and seeing him out at practice again, you see the film, you're like, wow, he's huge. He's moving, he's doing this. And it's like, is it going to translate to the game? He's two years removed from being in a game. What are you going to see from him? And so I think, I think that's more of my question mark is what are we going to see from the tight end position? Whereas the offensive line, I think our best player is going to be the transfer, Ben Scott at center. And I think the other four, we we kind of know what we're going to get. Hopefully they've uh, taken the necessary steps to improve. But they they have changed a couple of things with the offensive line. And so you, you hope that maybe you had the right players and they just plug them in different places. Because right now they have Turner Corcoran plugged in as the left tackle, which last year he was a guard. And uh, our right guard... Uh, Newly, if that's how you say his name, he's a German guy. He was suspended all season from PEDs, so hopefully they pay off and he actually learns how to block. And and for me, the, the biggest question mark on the offensive line is our right tackle Bryce Benhart was absolute garbage last season. Like every third play he whiffed on his block. And Minnesota native. Yeah, is he? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> but, I, I just remember losing. We lost him to Frost. I, I just yeah. remember that. But maybe they were plugging him in the wrong spot or, or doing something because they have him listed as a starter again. I'm thinking like as a new coach, you come in, you see all the film. And I feel like if there's like one or two guys where you see him messing up constantly, that's going to be the first place you fix. And you go either he's not playing or, you know, we, we got to think maybe the past coaches were doing something wrong. So sure. hopefully it's the latter on that one. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of movement. Um I'm kind of curious because we're kind of hyped about our wide receiver uh, group. What can we expect from kind of your uh, secondary? Is that going to be a strength from your defense or is that more of a question mark? Do you guys think? I think you guys are playing us at the right time because one of our best players on the defense is actually not going to suit up because he's still getting over an injury. So he's one of our safeties, um, Marquez Buford Jr. So, 
you're going to have two new guys playing there. They're, uh, they both transferred in, I think last season. So they've at least been at the program for a year, but with all the new coaching, I don't know if that makes a big difference, but our corners are going to be the bright spot. We have a corner, you know, a senior corner who's been Mr. Reliable for the past three years, as much as you could be reliable on our defense. And then we have a sophomore who kind of came out of nowhere last year as a freshman and was really good. So our corners are going to be good. Safeties are up in the air right now, as far as covering your wide receiver. And, and, TSL, I, I think the one part that's hard is while it is new faces at the safety position, uh, Deshaun Singleton, who's starting in place of uh, Buford Jr., who's hurt, has actually been the biggest hyped up defensive player out of camp this year. Uh, they've said he's been hitting harder than everybody. He's been playing the position well. So it is one of those things that does Buford have his spot when he comes back or is he going to have to shift somewhere else? And then, you know, just piling on is our defensive line is a major question mark and last year our defensive line was not so great so if we gave a quarterback all day long to throw guess who's going to get beat the corner because you can't cover for 10 seconds right you know? right so that's kind of where it falls into place they, they moved a couple guys around because now we're running a 3-3-5 defense and they moved our defensive tackle to now an end position and then they brought up a big a uh, wrestling guy from, I think, South Dakota. They call him the Polar Bear, uh, Nash Hutchmacher. So we'll see what he can do at it's that great name. Yeah. It's a great name for defense. Um, Love it. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, we have, you know, the Gophers brought in probably, I think they brought in five transfer defensive back, at least four. And we still don't know. Uh, we have a guy that was at Iowa State, then at Auburn, McDonald. Um, we haven't heard back from the NCAA on his availability yet. Um, it sounds like he was looking good, so he would be a starter. But we, you know, if he's even eligible to play this year, we don't know yet because it's a second transfer. But like I said, with the practice being closed, we don't know who that other corner is yet outside of, uh, hmm. you know, we have Justin Wally, who we're all, he's our shutdown guy. He's our best corner we got. Been pretty good the whole time he's been here. On the other side of him, we don't know who's gonna who's gonna have that outside spot. So it's interesting. Like we just you know, and obviously Flex not gonna tell anybody. So I'm curious to see of all the transfers that we've brought in, who's gonna who's gonna be out there because half of them didn't even play in the spring game. So I we really don't know what we're gonna see. Hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, we can kind of transition, I guess, to predictions now. What is your guys' gut feeling Thursday night at the bank? Matt Rule's first game. I'm sure Nebraska will be representing. Uh, you guys always travel well. What's your guys' score predictions for that one? Yeah, so, um, you know, we've we've run through the schedule a couple times here, and everybody that we've brought on has really, they see this game as a one-score game. It's going to be close. It's going to be tight. Um, I think, especially after talking to uh, Spencer and Max, you know, with the, with the changes in the rules, I agree. I think that's going to, you know, give Minnesota probably uh, an advantage in the uh, time of possession there. Um, I've got the Huskers eking out a win at 21 to 17, um, whether that's, you know, a big play touchdown at the end of the game to take the lead or something. I'm just hoping on, on my side being selfish, I'm hoping that time of possession isn't as lopsided as it was the last time we did. Sure. Yeah. And for me, this game, it just feels like a coin flip game because it's, it's the beginning of the season. We don't know who Nebraska is yet. We kind of have a feeling of who Minnesota is. And so it's going to be a close game. I Originally, I picked it as a seven-point loss, 
Then I flipped it to a seven point win. Talk to me in the morning. You might get one answer. Talk to me in the afternoon. You get another. I mean, that's the way it's been right now. I'll stick with a win, a seven point win, but my confidence level is not that high with that pick. You guys got to go. Is, can you guys gamble in Nebraska? Are you guys both in Nebraska? Do you sports gamble? Oh, we're in, in Illinois. We gamble all the time. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, start laying the money down. I've been waiting for this line to drop below the six and a half line that stayed at seven and a half. I'm a little disappointed. Yeah. I was um, going to say, I, I took the seven and a half cover for Nebraska. Did you? Okay. I, yes. I well, took seven and then seven and a half. So, okay. Both. Well, you're doing your part. I would be, I'm on the Gophers, um, obviously, Homer. I just think that our question marks for our team might line up a little bit favorably against you guys for the first game. I, I don't love playing you guys' first game as far as, you know, our offense. We have three new interior offensive linemen, but. Well, the right tackle. We have a starter who's transitioning from right tackle to right guard, but um, everyone that's stepping in is in either like a fifth or a six-year guy. So it's not like we're relying on some freshman or sophomore that might be getting pushed around. Hopefully, hopefully, if they've been you know testing well and all that stuff. So I think we'll still you know with Nebraska, I just got to kind of see them shut down the run before I believe it, just because I feel like yeah. we've been able to be pretty successful with that so far under Fleck. Um, so I think you guys actually jump out early because, like I said, there's some new faces on our defense. But I like us to come back and not not like a comfortable win, but I do think we put it away. I have the Gophers winning 28 to 17, um, but being a pretty tight game for the most part. Yeah, I'm a bit conservative on uh, these kind of first couple of games, always seeing what we ended up improving on and what we ended up just suddenly lacking on. So I think it's more, it's, I th I'm still with the Gophers, but I'm a uh, 24, 17. I, I think it's going to be a close game. Same exact score. I, it's just literally, I think that's been the score the last two years. I think, or, you know, I think it's been it's a been seven close. point game. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, what are the odds? They play another seven point game next year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I wouldn't be shocked. I was really nervous when, when they first announced the schedule opening with Nebraska, just because, like you guys said, like, it's all new. We haven't seen anything. But I, PJ has, like, a quiet confidence about this team, it feels, this year. Like, I think he's really high on these young guys on the defensive side of the ball that are stepping up for the first time this year. So, as a Gopher fan, I'm going to choose to just buy in and say he knows what he's talking about, and hopefully it's uh, going well. But, you know, he was really high – to, uh, the COVID year, I think they were feeling pretty good about themselves well before it got shut down. And then the COVID season happened, and that that was a disaster. Doesn't you know? count. Doesn't count. Okay, I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I think we're good. Is there anything you guys want to run by us at all? You guys just talked to Spencer and Max, so I get it if you guys are all good. Um, I do have one question for you guys. So one thing that happens on our show pretty frequently is T-Cell here likes to – throw out these absurd hot takes throughout this. Um, and so far through through the beginning of the preseason here, getting down to it, he's got a couple out there. And one of them happens to be um, directly impacting your gophers here. Um, as you know, Minnesota, um, you know, always hangs tough, especially under PJ Fleck, but they normally will stumble and lose a game that they shouldn't. Um, he thinks his one of his hot takes is that PJ Fleck will not make it through the year after Northwestern beats Minnesota. And I just wanted to get your guys' take on that because I just I don't see that happening at all. It's and a different T cell. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I like it. I like the creativity. 
I wish I could say like it's impossible, but I can't because I agree. We do drop games. The Bowling Green loss from two years ago was awful. Yep. Like it was yeah. just inexcusable. PJ, this is supposed to be the big change this year, right? Because we got like these co-offensive coordinators, so it's not supposed to be run ninety-nine percent of the time. But against those I uh, lesser teams, that uh, he was fine just trying to run the ball down their throat and play good defense and hope that was enough. A lot of times in college football, it's not. You know upsets happen all the time so i wish i could say like the northwestern loss is impossible do i have it as a win for us i do um but it could happen it could happen what we've seen there's no way pj gets fired though he could go winless and pj would not get fired this season they just signed him to an extension last year gave him a million dollar raise um they signed him to that right after the iowa loss in the game that we dominated and still found a way to lose so um i should say we Ran the ball over them and still found a way to loss. Iowa fans get very like, oh, you know, they'll get on me if I just leave it at that we dominate them and still lost. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I can't, I can't see PJ getting fired at all. But um, I, I don't see the loss there. But it could, it could. I think a more reasonable game that will drop that he shouldn't is the Raging Cajuns, just because of where it falls on the schedule. It's our homecoming game. Yeah. It's, uh, is it directly after? I think it's it's directly before the Michigan game. So it's also like an opportunity to look ahead. Homecoming, we've kind of started out slow on that on that game um, in the past under him too. So I think that one is my like upset lookout. And that's exactly what uh, Spencer and Max said. They said homecoming and after a bye are like kryptonite. Those are games yeah. that you, you don't even want to watch. Oh, oh, we came out last year. I know Illinois was a good team last year, and I think they'll be pretty good again this year. But we had them after our bye, and it's like our offense didn't even put a drive together until the third quarter. Like, we had nothing. We had absolutely nothing outside of Mo. So, yeah, I wish I wish that changed. But, you know, I've heard worse hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah. Jay saw the guy who's not with us, actually. He's rowing the boat right now at his house. He's picking Minnesota to come out on top in the West. I I'm appreciate that. I, I also win Illinois, but the other three, they all win Iowa. So um Guess who B went with? Who'd you go B I've got uh I've got Nebraska. Hey, I can't fault you on that. I I you know, we'll go through and talk through like the smart things of how we think each game's gonna play out. Like so say when the Gophers play Michigan this year. Ninety nine percent of the time I just throw it, but I gotta pick with my heart. I just pick like an upset, just like keep it rolling. Yeah. Just uh it yeah, I've been going to go free games for a while. I had season tickets in the dome days when we were pretty bad. So I've seen a lot of bad go okay. for football. So now that we've had some success, I'm not I'm not hopping off now. I'm just going to pick us to in pretty much every game. I think we have a fight. Amen chance. to that. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys um, coming on here. Again, check them out at the Sully Scoop. They are a big banter Nebraska football podcast. Guys, I appreciate having you on. Um, look forward to talking to you later throughout the season. And, hey, best of luck Thursday. I hope no team suffers any major injuries. Hoping we pull out the W, but you never know. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for having us on. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, good meeting Appreciate you guys. It. All right, take care. All right, thank you to the Sully Scoop for joining us. Um, they were so nice, and we're Minnesota nice. I didn't feel like I could like push buttons to just get them to you know and i don't want to start out that way anyways our first time meet. also check out their episode though because spencer and max joined them on their episode so you'll get kind of two different um listens which we thought would be a cool idea and uh hopefully you guys enjoy it so check them out the sully scoop um yeah you heard their predictions 
We gave ours. Spencer and Max, let's get yours quick on the Gophers since, you know, if people are just tuning in this one first and they don't want to have to dig and find yours specifically, go ahead and give your guys' predictions on how you see this one playing out. You know, yeah, we discussed it on their podcast. I think the Gopher D starts off hot this season. I think they just continue where they left off. So I got the Gophers winning 28-13 to 13 at home, a solid victory. Um, and as I was saying on their podcast, a must win, I think. Um, I think they, they said it best. Um, you know, a win would be great for for Rule and, and the Huskers, but it's not necessarily a must win, but I think it's a must compete game, if that makes sense for them. Yeah. Um, but I think if you're PJ Fleck, it's a must win. And I think they'll do just that. So 28 to 13. I like it. Yeah, I've got to go for W as well, 24 to 13. Um, a little bit of a closer game. I think it might be a little bit of a slow start. Um, it feels like both teams obviously like to run the ball. Um, the Sully guys actually alluded to it. They've said that, you know, Rule took note of the time of possession difference between Nebraska and Minnesota and how Scott Frost was not able to control the ball against us. So they're expecting Matt Rule to try to kind of use PJ's philosophy against us and try to, um, you know, sit on it when they have the ball and give their defense a break. Um and then I kind of talked about it too, that we'll see how much of an impact it will be. I don't really know. I, I know we had the week zero games, but you want the stats right now. It pissed me off. The time, the, the average for those games on week zero was three minutes less of actual football. I don't remember the place. There was a play mode. So let's place <laughs> three minutes less of actual football, 15 more minutes of commercials. <laughs> exactly. Everyone told us it was going to be not a big deal. Stop messing with college football, folks. The rules are fine. You don't need to keep. It's not the NFL. Just let it be college football. You already changed the overtime. Just let the clock stop for two seconds after a first down. It's not a big deal. Although, if PJ keeps running the ball, this rule could help us, supposedly, I guess, if we control right. the football. Because it, it doesn't even, not even the first quarter. It's just the second and fourth quarter under two minutes it stops after. So, really, it's right. just, I don't like it. But, yeah, I don't like being. Yeah, and if PJ has his way, I feel like he's just going to try to have the, you know, hold the ball for the entire first quarter he's gonna try to he it's so weird yeah. always i mean he loves first second and third down he doesn't sometimes it's like he doesn't want to get a first down but maybe he will now because it doesn't stop the clock mm. i don't know yeah i guess we'll see but yeah i've got 24 13 i don't think it'll be that close really i think we're going to be in control the whole time um maybe late in the game nebraska scores um that, that i don't know what to expect from their offense you know they're they're going to a pro yeah. style offense now with satterfield so it'll be interesting so Spencer and I are kind of up like similar score, but uh, different approaches to how the defense starts. I think the defense does kind of take a little bit of time to adjust just because you don't have a ton of film on what they're doing. Jeff Sims is an explosive athlete and it's just a lot of new starters up front. I think they're very good. I believe what PJ said, but um, you know, it's funny because I complain a lot about wanting a pass rush out of the front four. This really isn't the game to do it because you don't want to lose your, or at least if you do it, you got to, rush responsibly because if you let him outside he could be in a lot of trouble just with how good of an athlete he is so i think they kid us for a couple big plays not necessarily touchdowns but i think it's enough to get him within scoring range you know and so that's why i have my score at the 28 17 mark and i think that's one point or half a point over so i might have to readjust that just because i think <laughs> that's the style of game but i i think the under is the smart play um all right we are going to bring back the first year on video, so it's going to work this year, the Skyupod Parlay. Now, I don't have the lines up in front of me, but I'm going to assume mine is the same as what it was. It got a little bit dicier, but Utah hosts Florida. 
I'm sticking with it. Their quarterback might be questionable. I don't care, man. Florida has Graham Mertz coming in. I just don't sense a lot of hype around the Florida program right now. They had a different kind of season last season. They lost Anthony Richardson. I'm going to take Utah to avenge the loss and cover the six and a half at home against Florida. That's what I'm going with. Nice. Um, and I like our listeners to know that if they want money, they got to hit this parlay that we got for them. So, um, I was just looking at some of the lines, you know, there's a lot of good football games, excited for college football, but I'm going to stick with the big 10 here. And I'm looking at the Iowa Hawkeyes hosting Utah state. Um, we all know that the Iowa defense is probably going to return with a vengeance. I think that their offense will improve a lot, but I think it's going to take time to gel. So given that and having Utah State at home, I'm going to take the under in this game, under 45 points. I got I like that it. hitting. Yep. The, for, the only 45. thing I'm scared about is a special teams or multiple defensive scores that blow it, blow it up, you know? That's that's a fair point. That is a fair point. But I like point. it. I like it. Yeah. I like both those picks. Utah, the Utah Florida game, I think it'll be good. Um, hopefully with Florida, you know, with Anthony Richardson being gone, they'll be, you know, take a little bit of a step back offensively. And Utah is always tough. And playing at Utah, I mean, that's one of the toughest places to play every year, it seems like. But yeah. Um, yeah, for me, I've there's a few games I like that were kind of, you know, not your not your prototypical matchups, but um the one I think I like the most is just Western Kentucky. They're 11 and a half point favorites at home against South Florida. Uh, South Florida has been one of the worst teams in college football the last few years. And Western Kentucky, time and time again, just pounds team. I mean, they score a lot of points. They're high-flying offense. They always have a very solid quarterback. And their defense is actually pretty underrated for being you know, known as an offensive team. Um, so I think at home against a lesser opponent, I think they win by at least 20. But the line right now is at 11 and a half. So... We'll go with the Hilltoppers. Nice. I like it. Sam, do you have a game? I do not. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> if you, I will defer to either one. Right now, I like all these picks that everyone's saying, so I'll defer. I did not have time to look into it. It's all right. First, first video, the four of us who were not prepared, it's fitting. It's fitting. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, I tried. I told you. <laughs> let's see There's here. two more I like. One of them, well, it's go kind ahead, of Max. funny. I don't have the lines up, so go ahead. One of them, it's scary, but Miami plays Miami, Ohio against Florida. Um, Miami, Ohio is a 17-point dog, but the Hurricanes are always underrated. But I don't really know anything about Miami, Ohio. It just seems like a fade against the Hurricanes. But that one yeah. I wouldn't be as confident in. The other one I that like, though, is me. Louisville's a 7.5-point favorite against Georgia Tech. Um, I feel like Louisville is actually a pretty solid team, and their defense has been good. I know they have a new coach, and... A little bit Jeff of a rebuild. But Georgia Tech is kind of, I mean, they lost their quarterback to Nebraska, who were we playing. So I don't know. Yeah. Those are the two that I liked, but I what get why they're feel? scary. <laughs> I was looking at that Georgia Tech matchup as well. Um, were you on the same side? I didn't know what to think, but <laughs> I, I, I'm confident in Max. Um, I was looking at the Tulane South Alabama game. Tulane's six and a half point favorites. I think that they will cover that. Personally, I think Tulane, I think, should have another solid season. I don't know if they're yeah. going to be I a saw New them Year's pick Six. I to be the favorite to be that team in a New Year's Six from the from the non-Power 5 team. So. Right, yeah. I think that they'll be a good team. So, uh, And South Alabama is kind of wishy-washy. So that was me. But, again, I, I don't know. I was just looking. <laughs> 
And I did see the uh, UCLA plays Coastal Carolina, and I do kind of like taking UCLA with a 14-and-a-half point. I know that's a tough one, but I I, I like it. Is Coastal the still good? Game. They've been sneaky good. I know they've been sneaky good, but how, they, you want to say I oh. don't. Did they? Yeah, he's at Liberty now. Yeah. What the hell with them? It's Sam's pick. It's his pick to throw in. I like it. Let's throw I like here. the pick, Sam. That's I actually do like the pick. I, I don't think that – I think that's the way that I would go. So first Plus game Chip, – Chip Kelly's going to be going for two half the time. I like it. I like it. All right. And now I'm also unprepared because we usually go through and pick the bigger games of the week, and I don't have them up. Although we have Utah in there, and Utah's probably one of the bigger week one games. Does anyone have the games up? I do. Um, and just looking at some of the big games, I know we have a, a couple of them, but let's just start after the Gopher game. Um, personally, the first one on my list, that's good. I'm sorry. Let me just get this here. Let's start in the Big Ten. We got Penn State going up against Big 12's West Virginia. Um, Penn State's 20 and a half point favorite. I would hammer Penn State, like hammer. I don't. I think West Virginia is not supposed to be very good this year. I think Penn State will just run all over them. Although a new quarterback, so maybe he doesn't pan out in his first start. I guess that's the other side of it. But if I had to bet that line, I'd go Penn State. Where where are they playing this one at? It's at Penn State. I think I'm going to go West Virginia. I think that Penn State's going to be a good team, but man, 21 points. To start a season, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go West West Virginia. Yeah, I'd probably go the Mountaineers too, just because it's such a big line and it is a big rivalry game. It it is kind of an underrated one, but those two teams do get you know right. It always always it was a good game last year, and Penn State was solid, and West Virginia wasn't all that great. But I know West Virginia is losing a lot of talent offensively. I'll just take the Mountaineers in the rivalry. Nice. All right, I got another good matchup, another rivalry game here. South Carolina goes to North Carolina. Um, so North Carolina is actually two and a half point favorites. So they got the home field advantage, rivalry game, two and a half point favorites. I think I'm going to go with the Tar Heels here. Um, I don't know much about South Carolina other than Rattler. I don't believe in him, to be honest. I think Drake May is a better quarterback. And I think that's the difference. So I, I got the Tar Heel. That's a great line. I, man, I agree Drake May is the better quarterback. I think I just trust South Carolina to be more ready at the start. North Carolina kind of starts a little funky sometimes. Yeah, they'll probably score plenty. But I think they're still looking to see if they can get their best receiver eligible. So waiting to hear back from the NCA. So I'm going to take South Carolina just because I'm assuming that South Carolina will have a better defense. I think that's the difference. Yeah, yeah. that's that's where I'm at too. I, I I don't want to take South Carolina. Like I kind of want to root for North Carolina on this, but yeah, I think South Carolina. That if I remember right, and I could be wrong, and someone can tell me to shut up if I am. But weren't they kind of had it like turning it on? South Carolina kind of figuring some stuff out later in the season. They destroyed. Didn't they beat Tennessee? Tennessee. I know they didn't have. Yep. They, you're right, Sam. Yeah. yeah. There, so, there's hype behind this team, that yeah. team this year. I, I'm taking South Carolina. Yeah. I'll take the Gamecocks, too. I think they win. I I don't know. I feel like North Carolina, they have Drake May, but that's it. I don't I don't know. They have some right. dudes other than Drake May. But no yeah, I get what you're saying. This is a prequel for when we play them. <laughs> All right. I like it. I like it. All right. How many games are we doing? 
12. No. No. <laughs> Jesus. Dude, do, do um, a couple more. Okay. I got two solid ones left. Uh, All right. This one I'm excited for. It's on Sunday, the third. Oh. LSU at Florida State, that rematch. We remember that game last year. It's the game of the week. It, it is. is. Yeah. Um, LSU going there is actually two and a half point favorites. I think that I got the Tigers here. Um, they'll want revenge from last year. They're excited. I know the camaraderie around that team. Florida State, though, they're going to be a really good team this year. This is a great matchup, but I got the Tigers. I don't trust I, Florida State either. Uh, I was going to say, I want to go Florida State, but I just worry about them sometimes when they have a hype. Norvell is a different coach, and they, they're another team. I know they lost the bowl game, but like at the end of the year, they were trending in the right direction. I like Florida State. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick them just because they're getting the points. I'm gonna go Florida State. Florida State defends at home. I think they're both top eight teams in the country, talent wise. That's not that bold of a statement. They're both really good yeah. programs. Is this yeah. one? <laughs> I was just trying to think of other teams. And this one, like... <laughs> this one isn't neutral site because didn't they? I know they played in. They played the at the Saints. Year, they played the Superdome. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how neutral that is though. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Oh man, it'll be a great game. I my gut tells me Florida State, but I'm gonna go with LSU. I think they're gonna be favored for a reason. I feel like as a program, they're just probably building a little bit more than Florida State is because Florida State before last year was really kind of on the fritz. I know LSU wasn't any better, but it feels like they turned around more in a you know quicker amount of time. So I I also trust Chip Kelly more than Norvell. Like I, right. Yeah. I know. I know it's cool on the internet to hate on him for being a dork or whatever, but like he's a really good football coach. He wins a lot of football games. Um, bringing it, bringing Notre Dame to the playoffs, and then also bringing him to the national championship game pre-playoffs, I feel like kind of gets overlooked a little bit when people like to just kind of dunk on him for being a goof, faking his southern accent, which is weird and rightfully so, getting dunked on for that. But he's a good coach. All right, Shirley, what's your last one? Oh, Sam, Sam did, did you, you go? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm sorry. I yeah, no, I did. I, I said, t- yeah. Or I said, uh, yeah, I said, I said, said Texas. Texas. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Good pick. All right. Last one. It's a funny game. It's on Labor Day. Um, Clemson is at Duke. Um, I don't know. Is this a rivalry game? Or it's a conference this... game. Yeah, it's a, it's a solid conference game. So um, Clemson is, they are 13 point favorites at Duke. Um, again, I feel like they got the line solid here. It's a weird yeah. kind of lines. Um, but I got the Tigers. I'm not so sure how they're supposed to be this year, but I feel yeah. like Duke isn't going to be all that great. So I got, it. if I remember right, and I could be making this up from a few years ago, but I think Duke was also looking okay a little bit last year. Maybe I'm wrong, but I thought their defense was okay. Um, Clemson has the new quarterback. He was a freshman last year on the job. He was up and down. I'm assuming that they have the talents around him to really help him out, and he's got a whole year of practicing to be the starter. So I'm going to take Clemson as well to cover. I'm going to take Duke. <laughs> I don't know why. Clemson, I know offensively, Clemson was weird because it was they were almost like the Iowa of the ACC, like best yeah. defense, couldn't score on them, but they couldn't score themselves. Maybe the new quarterback helps that. I know they have the same running back. Um I don't know. It may be Duke being weaker defensively, but their offense could score points last year. They're a little bit, you know, they like to pass the ball, but I don't know. Maybe it's Duke's, you know, this is like their Super Bowl week one at home. 
Go Blue Devils. I like it. Backdoor cover. <laughs> I got Clemson. I feel like it's kind of the, I don't know, one of those same arguments, like who I trust more to come out for the first week. And yeah, I think Clemson's the team. That's cool. Uh, those are really, those those games are kind of yeah. the exciting ones, I think. Um, honestly, for week one football, pretty exciting. We're going to have a lot of games, fellas. Lots of parlays to hit. Um, we have to, we have to, actually placed you so we'll discuss I know, we got a camera yeah we'll discuss we're gonna do. uh for those of you know for those of you who don't know spencer last year was in new orleans so he could just place them for us um, on podcast too like during podcast, the podcast we were like just placing them <laughs> we put our money where our mouth was and it didn't come back it the money this year our goal pocket, for parlays is to hit i want 90 percent hit rate there's 12 weeks of college wait no if you How think about it, have... flipping it from last week, we're due to hit like sixty-eight percent of the time. <laughs> like, I, I would it, say it at least bad. like forty. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty bad last year. But don't go back and listen to that. We are going to wrap this up. Um, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Sky U Pod. Wait, there's one other thing we wanted to address. It's it's the defensive coordinator <laughs> record scratch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. We see we see the tweets. We see the Twitter account. Let me just say we had zero input on that list. All right, zero, uh, none. I was not asked once. Joe Rossi at tenth in the conference. It is asinine. It is unforgivable. Um, I don't know who made that list, so I'm sorry whoever made that. But you should have consulted us first. Big banter, uh, strike one. Strike one. <laughs> strike our one. Our price take and just went up. And you don't get many strikes. Yeah. Our price take just went up if you want to retain us. So. Hey, we have it. one of the coolest helmets. Yes. Yay. <laughs> All right. Um, guys, it's going to be a great game Thursday. I know I'll be watching, tuning in. Um, Spencer will be there. It should be a beautiful night. And um, yeah, go, go, Sky Yuma. Let's get after it this year. Peace.